Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 7th, 2021. Football, real football, is less than two days away. Yes, the NFL season is almost here. My name is Michael Nazarek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy writer and player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Thank you. I um, can't believe it's week one already, finally. Thank goodness. It seems like it's, uh, we've been waiting forever, and yet it seems like it's right upon us either way. So I'm really excited to be playing some real games and playing some real fantasy football. Yes, I am, too. Uh, it's so exciting. Uh, just think, to, to, to one, uh, 48 hours from now, we're going to be talking about how uh, Tom Brady and Dak Prescott had a wild shootout, and this happened and that happened, and, oh, this guy scored so many points for me, or this guy didn't do no, nothing for me, <laughs> anything. You know, so it's, 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 it's going to be really exciting when we can see the results and see the plays and cheer on our favorite teams and cheer on our favorite players, and it's, it's really exciting. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes of the, of the week. Uh, it's a little bit thin here, but there's a couple of interesting topics to talk about. Uh, earlier in the week, it looked like the New York Giants uh, running back Saquon Barkley coming off that 20 ACL would be on track to play, and he's still technically maybe on track, but they talked to head coach Joe Judge today on Tuesday, and he said nothing has been decided with regards to Barkley, uh, his playing status for this week. They want to see what he looks like in practice on Wednesday. Sounds like a sound decision to me. Uh, but the question here is that if he's going to be limited or maybe just see some action, uh, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to see a full workload here. But if you drafted him at the top of your draft, uh, Chris, and, and say you did draft a, a third running back uh, that's, that's a, good, uh, a good starter, maybe, maybe you got lucky and you went running back heavy first and you got like a Mike Davis or a, a Miles Gaskin or something like, somebody like that, do you consider just going ahead and sitting Barkley and letting him show you what he can do or do you plug him in? Well, I, I I think you would have to have a a ridiculous benefit of, of from some draft riches to fall into your lap to be able to bench Barkley. As much as I think you're right, he is going to have a limited workload. I think he's going to at least get the high value touches, like goal line touches, maybe some third down catches. Um, he's he's got to probably play unless you have three top like twelve backs or you know two two back other backs that are both going to be workhorses. I find it hard to sit him, especially when you think about he's got Kenny Galladay banged up, may not play or play much. you got Evan Ingram banged up, may not play much. They don't have a lot of options for offense. So I think they are going to limit his workload, like you said. They've got a very short turnaround to a divisional game on Thursday night against Washington. So they don't want to, they don't want to risk him being too beat up divisional game. 
but I think that they have to play him. They have to use him. He's looked good enough. As long as he has no, no setbacks um, from practicing today and from practicing on Wednesday, I, I don't see any reason he doesn't play, and he would probably have to be in your lineup unless you have, like I said, a, a, an abundance of riches at the running back position. Yeah, I, I think that maybe a, a good example of this is say you're in a dynasty league and you've been holding, hoarding these running backs and, you're, and you, only can, you, you can get away with starting two and you've got Barkley, Kamara, and maybe Chris Carson. Then in that instance, maybe you start Chris Carson and, and Kamara and you sit Barkley and see, see what happens. But yeah, in, in, a, in a regular draft, it's, it's, it's going to be very tough to, to sit Barkley, even for somebody like a Mike Davis, who has a pretty good matchup against Philadelphia. But, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's – anyway, we really can't answer that question now because we have to wait to see what happens the rest of this week. But if you're listening to this and it's Friday evening, he's already been ruled out, then, you know, it's not a big deal. If he's questionable at that point, then, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens over the weekend and, and we'll go from there. Anyway, uh, while we were kind of sitting, waiting around, because I hadn't updated our rankings for our subscribers the last couple of days, only because the NFL basically took a holiday and there weren't many, many play or movement uh, things going on, uh, you know, I was waiting. I was like, oh, something's going to happen today. Another shoe's going to drop somewhere, and it happened down in New Orleans where uh, the Saints uh, took a look at what they had at running back with Tony Jones has, has come out of basically almost nowhere to beat out to Latavius Murray for the number two running back position. They still carried Murray into the, through the final cuts, but they approached him on Monday and said, hey, uh, we don't want to pay you the two point. I think he's making almost $3 million, uh, was set to make only almost $3 million. We don't want to pay you this. If you want to stay on the roster, we have to take less. And he said, no way, Jose. So, adios, Latavius Murray's off the roster. If you if you have to draft uh, and you draft uh, Alvin Kamara early, then obviously uh, in the first round you're going to be uh, targeting Tony Jones as a handcuff, uh, backup, uh, change of pace guy there. Uh, anyway, Latavius Murray is, is out. He said uh, somebody talked to him online. He, uh, he, he said, hey, I'll go anywhere I'm needed. I see that they maybe have a need in Baltimore, and we're going to get to that in a second here. Uh, but uh, you know, he's, so he's willing to go elsewhere, and I guess he just didn't want to take a pay cut. We don't, we don't know. Maybe they wanted him cut him to the veteran minimum, and that's the reason why he said no to that. But uh, neither here nor there. But uh, Latavius Murray is gone. Uh, so if you got Latavius Murray on your team, you've already drafted him, uh, Chris. Do you, do you hold on to him to see if he lands somewhere, or uh, if you got a, a, pre, a preseason waiver, do you just go ahead and cut him and pick somebody else up that's uh, that's playing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely do that. I mean, Latavius Murray's only value was in the situation he was in. If you look, he's, there's been three games that, that Kamara has missed over the last couple of years where he's missed the game entirely. And each of those three weeks, Latavius Murray was an RB1. And he put up such, like 150 yards and, and, and a touchdown or two every game. So, so without being in that situation, you know, you can't assume he's going to step in and have that same kind of juicy situation, even as a backup or as, a, as an RBBC anywhere else. So, yeah, you just absolutely let him go. And, and, and he went undrafted in a lot of leagues this year, especially the later you drafted, because Tony Jones, you know, those rumors of Tony Jones were taking over his spot were, were enough to keep people from drafting Tony Jones, but also to keep people from drafting Latavius Murray. So I think you just let him go, um, no matter where he signs, and it clearly won't be Baltimore, as we're going to talk about here, I don't think. I don't see an opportunity for him to put up the kind of fantasy potential that he had always sitting behind Alvin Camaro there, either as a handcuff or as a, you know, what the heck, hope something happens sort of pick up at the end of your roster. Yep. Well, moving uh, to Baltimore, uh, 
this is a situation here. Uh, Justice Hill was one of the backups along with Tyson Williams to a new starter, Gus Edwards, with uh, J.K. Dobbins' loss of the season of torn ACL. Uh, he ripped his Achilles, so he's gone for the year. And so they're looking for a third running back. They brought in a whole bunch. Uh, and Levian Bell was among them. And lo and behold, they ended up signing Levian Bell to the practice squad. And this is a guy that wanted, what, $14 million or whatever uh, a season uh, a few years back as a free agent. Well, guess what? He's going to be making 14000 a week. That's still not bad for most regular people. <laughs> well, 14000 a week on the practice squad because he signed uh, with, with the Ravens for practice squad. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there if they bring him up. They expect at some point, you know, once after he learns the system and such, if they show, you know, he, he continues to uh, progress or whatever in their game plan there, that they're eventually going to bring him up. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be week one, maybe week two, week three, or whatnot. Of course, Latavius Murray is probably hoping that uh, you know had <laughs> uh, Bell struggles or whatnot. But uh, what do you what do you think, Chris? Uh, if you're drafting and you get Gus Edwards, do you still target Tyson Williams later? Does Levian Bell factor in at all uh, to your draft plan there? If you if you draft Gus, yeah, I think he does factor in because he's he's the kind of back that would be complementary as well as a backup. Uh, if you look at Latavius Murray or Devonta Freeman or Todd Gurley, some of the other guys that were rumored to be filling J.K. Dobbins' spot when he went down for the year, those guys are not, you know, they're not that different. They're basically feature back sort of, you know, first, first and second down kind of backs. Whereas you get a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who obviously has a tremendous history as a pass catcher, he could play even in that third down capacity a la Justice Hill. That's why he never got signed when Dobbins went down, but when Hill went down, then, then it becomes a necessity to get a third down back as well as a backup. So I think he is just on the practice squad briefly until he learns some things. I'm not sure. They may still have the, the kind of the, the, the quarantine period when you come in from the outside to an organization. So he may not have been eligible to even practice with the team for a couple of days anyway. So this doesn't obviously impact this weekend. Gus the Bus is, is going to be the man this weekend. But I think in the very short term, he'll be up to speed and he'll be on the active roster because they need him in a complementary role, again, as well as a potential backup role. Okay. Uh, one more note here. Uh, speaking of the Saints and Latavius Murray down there, of course, uh, one other uh, player uh, that's been a staple for their team uh, is not going to be playing for at least a month, and that's uh, kicker Will Lutz. He had um, core muscle surgery. They placed him on IR, gone for at least three weeks there. Uh, they signed the former uh, Giants kicker, Aldrick Rosas, and it looks like he's going to be handling the kicking job at least for week one there. Uh, of course, uh, if you're drafting, don't draft Will Lutz because he's not going to be kicking, and I'd be very hesitant to draft Aldrick Rosas because if he has one bad game, he'll probably be gone too. There's plenty of other better kickers in the league. Before I get to the list of injuries, I do want to mention our long-term uh, sponsor, uh, MyFFPC.com. That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, the main event is winding down in terms of uh, availability for teams. Uh, yeah, it's, it's $1,900 a team. That's a lot of money, people, but you can have a chance to win 500 k and a chance to win 10000 in your own league. It's to a 12-man league for the uh, 12-week regular season, uh, two-week playoff, and then the, the race, the four, three or four weeks race of championship to, to 500 k uh, I've been fortunate enough to win about 30 k in this event over the last six years. I've been playing in it for uh, a little bit more than 10 years. Uh, but you don't have to play just in the main event, whether you want to do that and draft down here on the Strip in Vegas or at home because of COVID and all. You can also uh, join their uh, best, ball, uh, best ball tournament, too. That's uh, winding down right now. That's, uh, that's less than $500 to join. Uh, they've also got Terminator Leagues. 
They've got uh, a regular uh, regular leagues. They've got uh, that started as little as thirty-five dollars, a seventy-seven dollar league, one fifty, two fifty, a five hundred dollar leagues, a thousand dollar leagues, uh, and and then all this is filling up. The main event, I believe, has uh, less than 100 teams available left, and we're talking like I think 23, 2400 teams are going to be in this event. So it's it's really exciting. Check them out, myffpc.com. All right, the list of injuries, real quick here. Dak Prescott looked good with the shoulder. He's been practicing all week. He's expected to start on Thursday night. It's going to be a heck of a barn burger. I can't wait to watch the game. Uh, Carson Wentz, a foot surgery, still on track to play week one. Uh, looks like he's going to play. Chris, don't you think uh, Carson Wentz is good to go? I think he's absolutely going to play unless something really unforeseen happens. Uh, he, he's definitely going to be the guy under center. Uh, question is, does that really matter from a fantasy perspective? And I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we might be talking about him a little bit later. Anyway, uh, running back Clive Edwards-Hilaire with an ankle and Darrell Williams in concussion in Kansas City. They're both expected to play, according to head coach Andy Reid. Uh, DeAndre Swift's got some good news there. Even though he's been nursing a groin injury, he's gotten up to speed and, and, and shown head coach Dan Campbell enough that he's expected to play in week one there, too. Of course, Jamal Williams will be uh, in and out of the game to keep him fresh and all. Uh, the Saints officially put Michael Thomas with that foot ankle uh, surgery and such on the, on the reserve pup, pup, which means he's going to be out at least six weeks. And for me, uh, late drafts, that's, he's off my draft board there. Uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, we already said, uh, very uncertain to play with a hamstring. Uh, moving on over to 49erville in San Francisco. Uh, Brandon Iyike uh, with a hamstring. He returned to practice on Monday, so it looks like if he continues the way it's going uh, later this week, he'll be good to go. Uh, and down in Jacksonville, Marvin Jones with a shoulder, DJ Chark with a hand. Uh, they're uh, nearing 100%, and they're both expected to play, uh, barring any kind of uh, circumstance in practice this week. Curtis Samuel with the groin in Washington. He practiced on Monday. He's expected to play, too. Marquise Brown with a hamstring. He returned to practice. It's kind of more iffy on him because he's going to see how he, he gets through the rest of the week, Wednesday through Friday. Traquan Smith down in New Orleans with the leg. Still sad and certain. He returned to practice last week, but then he had to leave, and he's missed several practices in a row. Uh, unreliable. It looks like Marquez Callaway is clearly going to be number one wide receiver down there. I don't know if he's going to catch all the passes because everybody else is hurt there, including Adam Troutman. Uh, it's uncertain whether he's actually going to be play, be able to play too. Moving to tight end, um, Noah Fant with a leg in, in Denver. Uh, he practiced on Monday and expected to play this week. And like you said, Evan Ingram with the calf for the Giants. Long shot to play this week. Doesn't look like he's going to be playing. They got Kyle Rudolph there. They signed he would be playing. And, and another development that happened right after we did the show last week, Irv Smith, he had uh, meniscus surgery on his knee, and he's likely lost for the season. So in Minnesota, they can get tight end Tyler Conklin involved as the pass catching uh, back there. So you might want to maybe perhaps target him real late in your draft if you want a, a tight end three or you wait on a tight end two. Uh, Joe New Smith, ankle, he's expected to play up in New England, along with Hunter Henry, his shoulder. He said he expects to play. We'll see how it goes in practice later, later this week week and we'll be right back after this important message you know you want to dominate your fantasy football league manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source fantasy football mastermind found on the web at ffmastermind.com there's plenty of good free stuff and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. 
Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we also urge people, please visit our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our free NFL Quick Bits feature. It's been updated with NFL news on a daily basis, multiple times each day for uh, like 26 straight years. We're also posting free INS Guy in-season scouting reports each week. Some people do two of them, like Chris Rito here uh, from uh, covering the Colts. Uh, we post them as they come in and, and are all released. And, of course, uh, we have just did a final update on our Masters List customizable cheat sheet, uh, Mastermind Championship uh, projections board, and our executive draft master for our premium subscribers, uh, making a lot of kicker changes and also removing Latavius Murray and a few other items there uh, and for our subscribers, for those that have late drafts. The final version is of our draft guide is version 7. It was released last Friday, 32 articles, 587 pages, uh, and, of course, the price is 19.95. Um, and, of course, one of the last articles we did was uh, John Cooney's players in their contract year. He went over more than 260 players that have a reason to really kick butt this year for your fantasy team. Summer premium rates, Pro Bowl package, which is the guide and the newsletters uh, for $49.95. Super Bowl package includes the executive draft master if you want to use some drafting software. That's $59.95. And, of course, our weekly in-season newsletter for those of you who already drafted and you want to try us out. Thirty-seven ninety-five, uh, barely two uh, bucks a week for all eighteen weeks of the season. And please follow me at on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, picks to click and flick for Week One. Right back at it. A couple of guys at quarterback that you like, Chris, and why for Week One? Uh, I'll start with Matt Ryan. He was very quietly number four in the league in yardage last year, buoyed by his high volume, the most attempts, the most completions in the league. That Atlanta defense is still no better, so I think he's going to air it out again this year. He's also been an absolute monster in openers, averaging 352 yards in his last eight home openers and over 30 fantasy points per game in his last three. Uh, He also loves playing his hometown Eagles, and I think this version of the Eagles are particularly unable to match up with his receivers. He could have a big day again. Um, And I like Kirk Cousins this week. Uh, The Bengals' defense just doesn't scare anybody, especially in a secondary where they're the weakest. So I think Cousins will get the benefit of them focusing on Delvin Cook, and play action could be just deadly for this unit. Cousins has been far better as a Viking on the road than at home, and he threw three touchdowns in two straight road games to end last year, for an example. Meanwhile, the Bengals allowed the most touchdowns in the league last year passing and gave up three touchdown passes each of their last two games last year. I think passing volume could be low, but success will be high. Okay, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Well, what's not to like about the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks and Tommy Tom Brady? Yes, Tommy Boy. Well, he returns to the field at home against the weak and very beatable Cowboys secondary. Uh, look for probably 300-plus passing yards here and three-plus scores, uh, making him pretty much almost an automatic start. Uh, so it's kind of a no-brainer call there. But uh, a lot of people in Philadelphia are wondering if Jalen Hurts is going to kind of pick up where he left off last, last year with a lot of potential in, uh, for, to, to run and also make plays. And he does have a sweet matchup against a terrible Falcons secondary, just like Matt Ryan should have very much a lot of success against the Eagles' defense. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have just as much success against the terrible Falcons secondary and run as well and make a big impact. So uh, that's not a bad play there. If you if you uh, waited on a quarterback in a larger league, go ahead and start Jalen Hurts. No problem there. A couple guys I'm not cons- uh, not uh, crazy about. Uh, Jared Goff in Detroit. Boy, uh, you know, not much talent at wide receiver position. Tyra Williams is ding too. Uh, you know, they, they cut Brashard Perriman uh, and they don't have much there. Amron St. Brown is a rookie. Uh, Quintus Cephas uh, playing the slot. 
Um, hmm, Hawkinson, he's kind of dinged up too. But the big thing is that they're going to be playing the 49ers, and their secondary is all healthy. Their defense is healthy, and it's very good too. So I'd be careful about uh, Jared Goff. I don't see much more than one touchdown pass there. And, of course, I already mentioned him uh, in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, uh, coming off a foot injury. No T.Y. Hilton. The Seattle secondary is better than it was last year, and no T.Y. Hilton hurts. Um, Of course, he's got Michael Pittman there. Paris Campbell hopefully will pick up his play. He didn't do much in the preseason and, and in camps there. Uh, so uh, Wentz uh, doesn't look like that good of a play this week, so I'd be careful there. I'd, I'd sit him and wait and make him prove himself there in Indianapolis before you start him. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? Yeah, I don't really like Tua Tagovailoa this week. Uh, you get two defensive coaches in this game with solid defensive units and schemes. They've each got a young Alabama quarterback on each side of the ball. They're each going to be focused on making this into an ugly slugfest. Uh, I would bet the under on this one and assume that Belichick knows how to contain a young quarterback. You know, look back to Tua only getting 145 yards passing last year against New England. I think he'll struggle to produce in this one as the Patriots take away the run game and dare him to attack the secondary, which is really, really good. And then I, I don't like Jameis Winston this week. I mean, listeners for the podcast know all through the preseason, I've been all in on Winston as a high upside fantasy backup and spot starter. But this opener is one that should not feature him a lot. The Packers defense is pretty good against the pass and will have a lockdown corner on an unproven number one, Marcus Callaway, like you said, with Thomas sitting out. Um, as the Packers were pretty much decimated on the ground much of last year as well, I look for this to be a big Kamara game and not too much volume or success for Jameis in week one. Okay, how about the running back position? Give me a couple of running backs you like this week and why. Well, I love, love Gus the bus. As I mentioned last week, I think he's a, some, got some solid every week starter potential this year, and this week he should get up to a good start against the Vegas team that gave up the most yards per carry and among the most fantasy points to running backs last year. Gus has always been an efficient fantasy score, and this year he looks to have a solid chance at high-end volume as well, making him a potential week winner in any scoring format, and he should have a great start this week. And then I like Damian Harris this week. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I look for the Patriots to, to kind of ease Mac Jones into things by making him a game manager for the start of the season, especially against this tough defense. And the relative strength of the Finns' defense is in the passing game, so I expect uh, a high-volume, high-floor game from Damian Harris. There's a ton of goal line touches now available with Cam and Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead gone, and he looks to get the bulk of any scoring opportunities as well. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, uh, I'm going to go back to Philadelphia. Miles Sanders, of course, he's healthy and he's starting. Yes, he will need some carries and touches to Boston Scott as well as Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie. But I think he's going to score easily on the Falcons in their poor run defense. I believe he played in 11 or 12 games last year, and in 10 of them uh, he either ran for 100 or totaled 100 yards or scored. So uh, when uh, Miles Sanders is healthy and playing for the Eagles, he produces, and especially against the defense of this quality, he should have a very good game. I think Raheem Mostert uh, against the Lions, uh, he's going to start. I know Trey Sermon's time is coming soon, and he's going to be seeing some significant carries here and there. But I think Mostert gets a start, and he gets the Lions, and he's going to run all over them, <laughs> including a score. So if you got Mostert, you probably got him as an RB3. Don't worry about, uh, about him this week. Just plug him in and let him go. On my flick list, uh, you're going to start this guy, but it's my caution play of the week. Of course, Ezekiel Elliott has to go down into Tampa, play that very tough run defense. 
uh, that's going to limit him. And also, he looks like he's going to – there's still a slight chance, but it looks like he's going to lose offensive guard Zach Martin, who's on the reserve COVID list right now. And that really hurts because uh, Elliott's called him the, the most valuable player of the offense. He goes, most of my runs go right behind him. So, uh, you know, uh, now Z can always catch passes. And if you're in a PPR, he could catch, you know, like six, six or seven passes for 40 yards. But uh, the score is going to be tough to come by. Just temper your expectations there. And the other running back that I would not start this week, Zach Moss in Buffalo. First of all, Singletary is still the starter there. So Moss comes in uh, second, third, fourth series or so, maybe even the second quarter. And he's playing a Pittsburgh defense with a very good run defense there. And, of course, in the, in the preseason, there was all indications that, uh, uh, that Buffalo was almost uh, you know, going all out for the passing game there. So I'm not sure how many touches, uh, how many runs Zach Moss is going to see. I'd seat him on my bench in this tough matchup. And if he produces something about you, then you can start considering uh, starting him moving forward. But right now I sit him. How about uh, you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? I'm not real crazy about Daryl Henderson this week in L.A. Uh, this, it's as much a feeling about Sony Michelle's role as it is an indictment of Henderson. Um, the coaches there have been just raving about Michelle and his limited practice since the trade, and he really better fits the mold of the type of guy McVay has used in the, pack, in the past. I suspect Sony Michelle may get some chances on the goal line against the Bears on Sunday night football and could vulture those high-value touches from Henderson, meaning he has to break a long one to return starter value, and I, I just don't know if I want to bank on that. And then I'm not real keen on Javante Williams this week. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of rushing volume in week one for the Broncos. I think Bridgewater will have better success dinking and dunking to move the ball against the G-men rather than test their surprisingly good run defense. Uh, And with a reduced volume and a still large role for the incumbent, Melvin Gordon, I think Williams has a very low floor at the play this week. He's a great stash for your roster, especially your dynasty roster, but probably not startable in week one. Okay, how about uh, wide receivers? A couple of wide receivers you like in wine this week. A couple of guys I really like that you probably drafted as bench guys. Get them in your lineup. One is Robbie Anderson. He really flew under the radar last year. He's poised to outproduce his draft position, and he gets a great chance in week one with a suspect jet secondary and a huge revenge match for both him and Sam Darnold. Uh, you know they're going to try and hook up for a score at least once, and I don't think the Jets can really stop him. Considering the Jets only won two games last year and they still allowed – the most wide receiver catches in yards, you know, so they weren't, you know, playing with leads. Uh, they're, they're icky. And then I'd like Jerry Judy this week. Like I said, when I talked about Javante Williams, I think Bridgewater is going to have a high volume short passing attack this week as the best way to attack the G-men. It was pretty clear during camp and preseason that Judy and he were really clicking. So this could be a great PPR week for the double J. Uh, I think Sutton's a better receiver on this team, but Judy is the guy that should be the target hog with Teddy B under center, especially with Sutton seeing shadow coverage from James Bradbury this week, most likely. You know, last year, Judy suffered from a league-high 26 targets that were incomplete due to quarterback error, and the accurate Bridgewater should fix that. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay's Antonio Brown. Uh, Bruce Arians just said, hey, he's uh, came in the healthiest I've seen him in years and it looks like he's turned back the clock four or five years. I'm not quite sure about that, but all I know is that Tommy Boy likes to target A.B., and uh, they're going against his Cowboys secondary here. I think he's going to get his, and that means a score, so you get him in your lineup, even if it's just as a WR3. It's a no-brainer. Uh, the interesting game, Jacksonville against Houston. Two very questionable uh, suspect uh, teams, but the Texans' defense right now, I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're just a big mess. Jacksonville, of course, lost Travis Etienne. The, the slot guy, the LaVisca Chenault, is going to catch a lot of passes in this game. I think he's going to produce really nicely against the Texans. So if you've got LaVisca Chenault on your team, maybe he's a y, uh, WR3 or 4, 
uh, consider starting him this week. I think he's going to have a really good game. Lots of catches in this game. A couple of guys I'm be very uh, concerned about. Tyrell Williams, I just mentioned. I drafted him on a couple of teams and all, but he's dinged right now, and I want to see exactly how, how he works with uh, Jared Goff. They're playing the 49ers, the secondary, very good. I think he's going to be limited in that game. I wouldn't trust him. Uh, and then, of course, down in New Orleans, Traquan Smith. That leg injury allowed him to practice a little bit last week, then he went right back to the sidelines. So he's injured. We're not sure if he's going to practice and play this week. If he is, he's a very consistent, inconsistent player, cannot be relied on. And, of course, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be Callaway, like I said. Uh, so I, I would let uh, Traquan prove himself first before I start him in any game. Um, how about you, uh, Chris? Any uh, wide receivers that uh, you're not crazy about this week? Yeah, unfortunately, there are wide receiver four and five on our FanX team. <laughs> but uh, one is Kenny Galladay. Uh, simply put, I'm just not sold on his health. The team has been very noncommittal about his ability to play a full complement of snaps in week one. And with other reliable wide receiver targets and a Saquon-centric offense, I don't have a lot of faith for a high floor or a high ceiling this week for Kenny G. The fact that Vic Fangio's pass defense should fluster and harass Danny Dimes a bunch means that the aerial assault could be pretty minimal anyway. Uh, and I don't like Curtis Samuel. Uh, Ron Rivera has repeatedly said that Samuel will be either a full go or a no go this week. There's not going to be limited usage. And with him just returning to practice this week, are you willing to risk a no go, especially at this point in the week? As much as he could be a great producer, the Redskins just don't need to rush him back with several good receiving options for the underneath routes in tight end Logan Thomas and the running back. I'll risk missing a week of production before I trust an elusive player like Samuel coming off a long downtime from a groin injury. And again, they have a short turnaround till that Thursday game. So I think it's going to be a no-go this week for Samuel. Okay. Well, uh, what about uh, tight end? A couple of tight ends you like and why this week? A uh, guy I've been kind of poo-pooing a little bit is Tyler Higby, but I think he moves up from the second tight end in the team to the third overall target in this Rams offense now. And this week he's get the Bears. They were the second worst in allowing fantasy points to the tight end last season. Now they're facing a team and a quarterback that is able to exploit that. They gave up tight end touchdowns each time they faced Stafford last season in Detroit and also won to the Rams the one time they played them last year among the 12 touchdowns they allowed to tight end in 2020. There's a good chance the focus will be on the outside wide receivers, so Higby should have some chances. And then a guy I've liked, I like anyway as a sleeper this year, we talked last week, is Rob Gronkowski. With so many receivers flooding that weak secondary for this already overmatched defense, Gronk should have room down the seam. He's also been very confident that he understands the offense and feels better than he did all through last season, and he finished that one pretty strong for fantasy also. I think in a spotlight opening game with the Bucks getting their rings and they're raising the banner, this just seems like the right time to assume we're going to be seeing a Gronk spike and that big goofy grin on Thursday night in the end zone. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Logan Thomas in Washington. I think he's going to score on the Chargers at home. Ryan Fitzpatrick's already hooked up with him uh, in terms of chemistry. Uh, I really like throwing to him. I think uh, he's a safe play here, a top ten guy for sure this week. And surprisingly, Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. I just got a gut feeling he's going to score on the Falcons. I know Dallas Goddard's there too. But the the Eagles uh, kind of reverse themselves, said that uh, we're not going to extend Dallas right now. Um, it's up in the air how, how much longer Zach Ertz is going to be there, but it's pretty sure to me that they're probably both the top two targets in this offense, and I think both of them can score. So if you've got Ertz on your bench and, uh, you know, maybe your uh, your uh, lead guy and you drafted early was maybe Irv Smith, then uh, you, you've got a, a guy that you, you can start and feel com- comfortable starting in Zach Ertz this week against the Falcons. A couple guys I'm, I wouldn't touch this week, Evan Ingram. You know, he's just with the calf injury, very iffy to play. 
uh, to even play in this game against uh, the Broncos. And Adam Troutman, uh, up and you know, up and down, he's, he's really more of a run blocker than a pass catcher. Uh, all the buzz has kind of gone out, gone out the window, and uh, the air let out of the balloon. Uh, so I sit Adam Troutman and make him play and produce before I even do anything with him. How about uh, you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, I think Seattle's going to make Gerald Everett a, va- a viable fantasy starter this year, but not this week. Uh, the Colts' defense is pretty good, and it's especially good at defending the tight end position in recent years with their strong linebacker and safety play. I don't expect a high-volume passing and only a lower-than-average chance of a touchdown as well. So I would still sit Gerald Everett. He's probably on your bench anyway. He was drafted as a number two. And I don't like Mike Gesicki this week. Um, I said that I can't see Tua having much impact in the air this week, and Gesicki is falling down the priority list of targets on this team, although Will Fuller will be out week one. But without Fuller's field stretching, the seams I don't think are going to be as wide open anyway, and the Patriots allowed even fewer tight end catches than the Colts did last year. I look back at his career also in six games against New England, his divisional rival in his career. He's totaled in six games, nine catches for 84 yards for an average of under fantasy, under four points per game in a PPR system. Yuck. Okay, Chris, it's time for your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Yeah, here's some guys here that you're probably never going to start ever again all year, so a streaming option, here you go. I'll start with Kaimi Fairbairn uh, for Houston. The Jags allowed the second most field goals last year, field goal attempts last year, and Fairbairn had six straight games with at least eight fantasy points versus Jacksonville. So if you need a one-week wonder, one-hit wonder, go for Kaimi. And then Graham Gano, uh, he was the most accurate kicker last year, 31 of 32 field goals. And he gets the team that allowed the most field goal attempts, 42 last year, and the most kicking points per game, 9.9. So I like Graham Gano for this week. A couple of defenses, um, you know, you mentioned the Houston defense. It's not that great, that's true, but he's got Jacksonville. Even Lawrence is a rookie in his first start for a team that went 1-15 last year. The O-line was porous in the preseason. He got beat up a little bit in a little bit of time he played. And Houston has averaged 11 fantasy points per game in the last four versus Jacksonville. I, I like Houston as a streamer this week. And then I'll also look at Carolina against the Jets, another home team playing uh, a rookie quarterback making his first start, you know, on the road for a a team that only won two games last year. And the Panthers were actually a surprisingly effective unit last year as well. So I think these are two streaming options playing these two rookies in their first game, but they generally don't do well. The last rookie to win, who was drafted at the top of the draft to win his opening game, David Carr, 2002. So these are some some good defensive options here. That's a, that's a crazy stat. That's cool. Okay. I want to remind everyone, a, a premium uh, a per, a package purchase uh, on uh, at FF Mastermind also gets you free access to our subscriber forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered waiting to voice their opinions. I want to thank everyone for joining us. The preseason is complete. Week one is just about to get underway. We're really excited here. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Lazarek. See you all next week when we offer our week two preview. Good night and good luck to everyone still drafting this week. Football. Football is back, baby. (laughs) You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.